You're listening to the God, Family, and Country Radio Show. Here's Pastor Kurt and Lance Hoppus. Well, God bless you. This is the God, Family, and Country Radio Show. I'm Pastor Kurt, and in studio with me tonight is Pat Coyle. And uh, what a blessing it is for us to be with you yes. on this uh, Sunday evening. Um, boy, there's been things happening all over the world. Um, but I thought, you know, Pat, tonight, uh, I wanted us to really concentrate on a couple of things that uh, I thought might be really important. Okay. Um, why, why is it that God would choose the Jewish people? That's a question to be his own in his elect. I think that's something for you and I to ponder tonight. Um, uh, why does he love them so much? Um, why not choose another group people for another reason? All, well, there, all, all of those, you know, kind of all those kinds of questions tonight. Well, there were certainly a lot of groups on earth when he did choose them. Right. So it was not like he was lacking in someone to, you know, to go to. It wasn't he was starting with Adam all over again. Right. He had lots of people. To there choose were from. lots of people to choose from. But, you know, interestingly enough is that the first mention uh, we call them the Hebrews, and that's because of Eber, you know, mm-hmm. and that was within Abraham's lineage. Mm-hmm. But going back, uh, we'd had a big flood. Uh, we were down, whittled down to eight souls. Yes. And out of those, uh, multiple people groups from all nations uh, alive today can track ourselves back to one of those, you know, uh, those, well, those four people, if right. you will. Or, or those three sons. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so uh, the reality is that as the world grew, uh, and then we have all know the story of the Tower of Babel. Of course. Uh, there's a lot more to that. But when mankind made choices, those choices had consequences. And those consequences reverberate even today. And that takes us right up to Abraham, uh, an old man and his wife, both childless, very wealthy, uh, at the time where they could be retiring, relaxing. And the only thing, they had everything they wanted, but one thing. Yeah. And that's descendants. That's right. They were lacking all of it because his wife was barren. And quite honestly, uh, that was the de- that was the desire, the heart cry of both of their hearts. Mm-hmm. Yet God had withheld that, and they were going to move on. And they they had picked a successor, which did not come from their own line. But where was it all going to go once they left? But God had other plans, didn't he? Yeah, he really did. And, and it's speaking about those plans, um, I think it's really important to know, you know, we, we understand that God is the creator of heaven and earth. Right. He's created the, the cosmos. Uh, he, he created this, this rock that we are on. It's perfectly placed uh, a couple of a, a degree or two further away from the sun and we freeze to death a couple degrees closer to the sun. Uh, and we we burn up. Right. Um, he placed us perfectly in a place where he was giving us the sun and the moon and the stars to look at because he would use them as signs. Right. And we know that God is omnipresent. So we know that God is spirit. We know that God is is everywhere at one at one place and at one time. 
but you know, he didn't start this crazy experiment, you know, just on a, on, on a flip of the coin, trying to see how things would be right. In fact, he would never have used the word experiment, would he? No, of course yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> that, was, that was just the, the, no, I, the word no, I that I was trying I to it. kind of explain. Yeah. You know, so when we start asking these questions, we have to understand that, that God knows the end from the beginning in all things. He tells us, he doesn't say I've been, I've been at the beginning and, and I've gone to the end. He's saying, no, I've been to the end and know the end from the beginning. He has already seen and done what, not because of what he, he saw or what he predetermined. Well, I should say, I uh, will say predetermined. He did in fact predetermine, but it was the foreknowledge. You know, the, the foreknowledge of God tells us that there's nothing that he, that can be taught. He, he knows it all. He, he, he knows absolutely everything. And there, there's also in terms of the foreknowledge for us of understanding that he chose us, he chose the Jewish people before the foundations of the world Absolutely. ever began. There would be a, a wild olive branch root that would be uh, called Christians that would come uh, to him from the Gentile nations. But you have to ask yourself the question, why would God choose the Jewish people to be the leader or the chosen people that would bring us certain things in life? And isn't it, isn't it interesting what God chose in Israel, in Abraham, in Isaac, and Jacob to be a people from which the Savior would come? Right. It and was through that bloodline of of ultimately through Mary in terms of the bloodline, even though Joseph was there. But remember, he's the he's the surrogate. Well, I don't think surrogate's the right word to use, but he is he is the the one that also came. He from was the, the stepfather. The, he was the stepfather who came from the root of Jesse. Yep. And uh, here we go. We have we have this spirit that comes upon Mary and brings what would be a perfect bloodline all the way through from Abraham that would ultimately give us our Lord and our Savior here on earth. Our Lord and Savior, we need to remember, has been with us forever and yeah. forever, long before uh, he ever came in the form of human life. Right. Right. Well, he did back in the garden. Everything goes back to the garden. Sooner even, or later, even it, before the garden, there before there was a garden, there was a garden in the mind of God. You know, when people think about, oh, they saw the future. No, God had created the future in his mind before he ever said, let there be light before a molecule was ever made uh, before he created either the heavens and earth. He had already knew exactly what he was going to do. He knew exactly how it was going to go. And nothing is taking God by surprise. And and I have to admit, I think all of us at one time, we because we think so finitely, we I thought, well, God created this wonderful planet. It was great and wonderful until, you know, the devil came in and got Eve to screw it all up. And now God's been on a big fix it, you know, like, like a handyman trying to fix the mistake and, and he'll, he'll get there. But boy, we, we're just, you know, he's waiting for us to zig until, so he knows how to zag, but nothing in the scripture 
even remotely hints to those things. That is such a, you know, uh, does God well, doesn't it, doesn't it put man in charge? Oh, well, you know what? Mm. It puts man in the fact that we have the ability to thwart God, and now He's got to fix us to quit messing with his stuff you know uh so funny to, to hear that because we know there's a, no truth in any of that right it, it's a it's it's but then again so many people's theology stems from that ideal that somehow we have somehow overthrown god in some aspect of his plan and now he is just trying to in fact when we're talking about world events we tend to look at what we do with one another and have no clue that God has an overarching plan that is marching on, and we are marching to that plan, whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not. That's exactly right. We're going exactly where God wants us to go. It is not man that is in control. And yes, I hear you. I can he- I can hear you out there and listen in radio land saying, well, what about my free will? I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah, you can. When it comes to your own sin, yeah, oh, uh, we should talk about that a little later. Yeah, we yeah, will. We'll yeah. get we'll get yeah. into that in a little bit. But when it comes to the pre-planned and the determined uh, use of who and what you are and what you will be, it is in God and in God alone, who before the foundations of the world decided what would happen and how it would happen and how it would end. Exactly. We're going to take this break. And when we come back, we're going to explain to you why uh, the Jewish people uh, are so very important to us as Christians and what we need to know of what is not being talked about in church. It's not, but we're going to talk about it and we're going to bring it to you. And I pray that you'll share this with your family and your friends Uh, that they may know exactly uh, what God's intent is for each and every one of us. God bless you. This is the God Family and Country Radio Show. We'll be right back. The Jewish Foundation of San Antonio has set up an Israel crisis fund. Your donation will be matched dollar for dollar by a $1 million match from the Bar Yadin Family Foundation. 100% of your donation and that match goes directly to the victims of terror on Israel. Here's how you get in touch with them to make your donation. Write this down. Jewish Federation of San Antonio. Their phone number 210-302-696. That number again, the Jewish Federation of San Antonio, you can contact them to donate to the Israel Crisis Fund, 210-302-6960. Remember, 100% of your donation and that match goes directly to the victims of terror on Israel. We thank you very much. You're listening to the God, Family, and Country Radio Show. Our Constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. And we're back. God, Family, Country Radio Show right here. Pastor Kurt and with me is Pat Coyle. Lance is out tonight. And and, uh, it's just a great opportunity for us to share the gospel of God with you. And to give you, uh, hopefully... Uh, better understanding or understanding of what really is taking place. And we're talking about tonight, the Jewish people and why, why God chose the Jewish people. What was the reason behind he, him choosing them? Uh, why them and not some other 
people group? Um, what was the purpose in choosing the Jews, Jewish people? What was his predetermined plan uh, for those things? Those are the things that Pat and I are going to be talking about tonight. And then trying to give you some practical things to to understand and how you can understand how important the Jewish people are to your life. Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian. Pat is a Christian. And I'll, I'll, I'll redefine that because Christianity has been, you know, muddied in the water so very much. Uh, both of us are biblical Christians. B biblical because we don't give you our opinions or our thoughts. We don't give you some outlandish uh, understanding. We give it to you based upon what God's word says. It's a very literal book. And with the exception of a few places, it means exactly what it says it means. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So why did God choose the Jewish people? Well, he chose them because uh, our Lord and Savior was going to come through that. There was going to be a Savior that God predetermined before the foundations of the world right. that would come, that would be his, that would be his only begotten son, that would come to be the Savior. Really, quite frankly, I'll say it this way, to the world. But let me, let me kind of... Uh, back off of John 3.16 here for just a moment and tell you this, that, that the atoning work of our Lord and Savior on the cross was efficient enough for the entire world. It was efficient enough for the entire world, but it was only effective for his elect, those that would belong to him both Jew and Christian, by the way. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. Let me give you a, a, a Bible verse that we can talk about. So yeah. In Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter, and by the way, uh, if you're in a church where they're only teaching out of the New Testament, uh, you need to go wake your pastor or minister up and tell them that uh, before we can ever truly understand the New Testament, you have to know who our God is in the Old Testament of where all of this is revealed, the attributes of our God. See if you don't see some attributes on what I'm about to read and why God says that he chose the Jewish people. Deuteronomy chapter 7, uh, picking it up at verse 9. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you, he was speaking of the Jewish people, because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all people. Can we stop there for just a second? Yeah. Um, I don't know about you folks when, as you're listening to this tonight, I, I'm not even sure about Pat. I don't think we've ever talked about it or not, but I, I, I have often asked myself the question, why me? Why would God choose me? I didn't choose him. He chose me. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more in a little bit because I am the least of these people, guaranteed. I, I, I am a, a stinking wretch, and yet he loved me. I am the worst of the worst, and yet he showed his favor towards me. I don't know if you've ever asked yourself the question about why you were chosen by God. But I would imagine you're not far away from what I have just said. And you were the least of all people, 
in the Jewish people, as well as in Christianity. Verse 8, but because the Lord loves you, speaking again of the Jewish people, and because he would keep because he would keep his oath, which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand, and he's redeemed you from the house of bondage and from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. And he repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack in him who hates God. He will repay him to his face. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments of which I command you today to observe them. Yes. You know, if you were thinking. It's powerful, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. And, and going back to your statement and said why and how. You know, if you and I were to say, I want to craft a people that's going to be one of the most productive peoples to ever walk the planet, they'd be more numerous than the sand. If you could count the sands yeah. on, the, uh, uh, on the earth, then you could count his people. I don't know necessarily know if I would start with a 75-year-old childless couple in the you know in in Babylon. It's true, right? And uh and coming who, coming out of a pagan home. Right out of, you know, a, the heart of pagan worship and said that's that's who I'm going to build my yeah. house with. You know, that's the productive and then made him wait another, you know, tw- uh, oh. what well, when they say when they say patience is a virtue, well, it's a, it is not <laughs> just read a the story of Abraham, absolutely, right. <laughs> and um, and we also see the 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 effects of when we try to help God, it doesn't end up helping God very much at all. No, you know? uh, no, but it but it to me the most fascinating part of that is that God had already decided that before He ever sat down in the Garden of Eden and out of mud made the first human being. He knew exactly where this was going from the time he had breathed life into Adam, and he knew exactly who the last Adam was going to be, uh, executing a plan that had already been put, if you will, so to speak, on paper. The Bible talks about the books, you know, and, uh, and God clearly has got a plan in place now which is why we can say confidently today and say, today is the day the Lord has made. Right. We will all, our job is to rejoice and be glad. In rejoice it. and be glad in it. Right. And, and, and understand that the grace that's been given to us is for today only. Yeah. We yeah. don't have grace for tomorrow. In fact, that's why he says each day has its own trouble of its own. Right. You know, that's why he says, do not worry. We don't even know if we'll be here tomorrow. And, and no one does. And quite honestly, we may not even make it to the end of the broadcast. The central reason that God chose Israel and chose the Jewish people was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That there would be those that would call upon his name, ultimately because the Holy Spirit came upon them, that would come to him and that would be his people, the Jewish people. And as a result of that, 
as Christians, we've been grafted into that family of God. Mm-hmm. We are, in fact, what Paul talked about, about the wild olive branch that is now uh, everything and who and what we are is 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 founded and grounded in the very root of what God had created. And so understanding that is very important. God also chose to interact with the Jewish people. In other words, he was going to reveal himself to them, and he was going to be sharing with them the plan and the desires that he has. We're going to get into why he used certain people for certain things and revealed himself to them that they had the ability to see him physically and know him in a in a human form sense. Uh, we're going to see all of that tonight and be able to look at this and understand if you are a Christian, and I'm saying a biblical Christian, that you understand salvation, that you understand that you did not choose God, that God chose you. I, I want to encourage you, if you don't believe that or if you don't know that, I'd like you to go back and read Romans, the eighth chapter. Uh, please read the ninth chapter. Uh, there's two vessels that God makes, a, a vessel of mercy and a vessel of wrath. Um, nobody ever likes to talk about that. Uh, God chooses all the time who would be his and who would not be his. Uh, go back and read Ephesians and go back and read the book of John. Uh, we're not just pulling this from one or two verses. We're pulling this from the entire uh, New Testament. As a matter of fact, the very fact of being chosen by God begins in Genesis. And it never changes. Why? Because we serve a God that never changes. We serve a God that is the same yesterday, in eternity past. He is the same today, and he will be the same forever and forever and forever, and keep on saying forever and forever, forevermore. He is God. He says, and I change not. Right. No, in fact, that is the great comfort, is that God not only has a plan, but he does not change. He changes not. And for that reason, he told Israel, that's the reason you're not destroyed, is, is I change not. I, I keep my word. I am, go, I am operating according to a plan, and that plan will be executed. I will do my pleasure, he says in Isaiah. Yeah. And the realities are, is as we go through, again, you know, we, there's great confidence in that. There is great comfort when you understand that your life is not only, it's not your life. It belongs to God. It's part of God's story. And God is telling his story through you. And he has already, he knows the number of your days. He knows everything that will bo- that will come, both good and bad. In fact, that's where the number of the hairs on your head. Absolutely. At any moment. He tells us that not even a bird can fall from the sky without his express purpose and plan for it. So one of the things is why do we worry? Why do we fret? What, what when, 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 when the nations rise up and fall and, th- and every generation has had to contend with trouble within their particular time. And so many people crumble under the pressure of those troubles, right. not knowing that God is working his plan toward his ultimate goal. And we should talk about that because, again, we are part of that. There is a, We are yet 
creatures that are trapped between two pages, Genesis 1 and Revelation 22. But God says, once that is done, there will be a new heavens, a new earth, a new Jerusalem, and there will be a whole different destiny when he closes out, as he calls it, this age. That's right. What we need to pick up from what, what Pat has just said is that we serve a God that is a covenant keeper, right? Uh, you know, the, the problem that we see in churches across America, across the world, quite frankly, is this new idea of replacement theology where, uh, what is replacement? It's pretty simple. Uh, eradicate the Jews, uh, take them completely out of the scriptures because they're dead and gone. Uh, and, uh, it's only the Christian that's going to see the kingdom of heaven. Not, not only is that, uh, horrific in th- their thinking, but it shows the ignorance of people that don't know their Bible. And it's, and, and, it's, and, and, and saying somebody's ignorant, by the way, is not a, you know, horrific thing. It just means you, you don't know something that you think you, that you think, you know, uh, the, the understanding that if, if let's just put it this way, let's just take, let's just say for a moment that to what these people were saying were true about, the Jewish people no longer belonging to God, no longer being in the kingdom of heaven, uh, which it hurts me to even think about it for a second. But here, but let's just, let's just take that for a second. That would mean that the covenant that was given to Abraham and then passed to his son, Isaac, and then passed to his son, Jacob, that it would be an everlasting covenant that he said that I will bless you, that that bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, that I will that I will always be yours. Here's what this means. It's simple. That would mean that if God eradicated them, that means that he's a covenant breaker. Well, and you may say, well, well that's not a big deal to me. Really? Huh. Let me tell you what a big deal it is. If he'll break covenant with you, or if he'll break covenant with the Jewish people, he'll break covenant with you. Don't you, don't you think it for a moment. But the thing of it is, is that one of the things that we know in the scriptures that our God is not a covenant breaker. He's a covenant keeper. What he said in the scriptures is true. The promises that he made, the prophecies that he gave us, it is the living, breathing word of God. We're going to take this break. Stay tuned. We've got a whole bunch more for you. God bless you. I'm Dr. Larry Miller, and my wife and I are missionaries in El Salvador. We go to some of the poorest people in the Western Hemisphere. Many of these people live in mud houses with dirt floors. They have no running water. They don't have any latrines. We're trying to bring them hope. We're bringing them the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're bringing them food. We're bringing them medical help. We're doing it for the least of these in the name of Jesus. If you want to help us, contact us at CFCI, that stands for Christ for the City International, cfci.org slash El Salvador. I also need help. So any of you doctors out there, nurses, paramedics, contact us. We could use your help. Come down for a week with us. You'll get more out of this than you give. It'll change your life forever. So if you consider being with us, cfci.org slash El Salvador. Thank you very much. God bless you. You're listening to the God, Family, and Country Radio Show. America is free. Freedom of speech. Freedom of religion. Freedom of enterprise. And freedom is special and rare. 
Well, God bless you. God Family Country Radio Show. We're back. I'm Pastor Kurt and Pat Coyle in studio with me tonight. We've been talking about the Jewish people. We've been talking about why God would choose them. And um, Is our God a covenant breaker? Does he, does he break covenant at all? I, I said just before we went to break, I said, if God breaks covenant with the Jewish people, he'll break covenant with you. There's no question about why would you trust him? Why would you believe in a covenant-breaking God? The truth of the matter is, is we serve a God that never breaks covenant, not ever. And it's an everlasting covenant. Pat? You know, uh, an everlasting covenant, the very fact of the only person who could make an everlasting covenant is someone who is everlasting. You know, our covenants begin when we make them and they end when we die. (laughs) Well, we let's use the covenant um, of marriage as an example for yeah. what, what we, you know, just to show you. Yeah. This is why, this is, I think, why people have a hard time understanding covenantal relationships and understanding when God says that he, he makes a covenant and it's an everlasting covenant forever. And let's, let's just take a, a couple, a couple that decides to have share their vows with each other yeah. and saying that I'm going to love you. Yeah. For the rest of my life. Why? I'm not exactly sure where the divorce rate is today because I haven't looked at the, the, but the last time I saw the stat, the stat, the statistics on this, I'll get it out. Yeah. Was this. Is that 73% of marriages fail? 73%. In other words, they made a covenant and they're covenant breakers. Yeah. They said, you're not who I thought you were. And, and you know, the, the effects of breaking covenant uh, goes on small levels and large levels. It, it yeah, creates that was, just, that was just one, one example. Yeah. And, and, you know, the reverberating effects uh, go through generations. There are entire generations that have been destroyed as a result of one person making a hasty covenant, not understanding that they that they are going to be held accountable not just for making the government but the breaking and their the resp- and the after effects right. of that breaking but you know again a very fact of anybody even pretending to be able to make an everlasting comment but yet god does in fact i'd well, like to read that this, i yeah. want you to read that but but yeah. just on based on what you said isn't it how we work in our minds that we say well Okay, I'm a covenant breaker. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm a covenant breaker and God, yeah. God is the one who really made me, I'm, uh, He must be a covenant breaker. Well, too. we're making God in our image is when we say, "Well, you know, I break covenant. Maybe God will break covenant too." You know, hey, you know, we're only human, right? Right, and that's and that's isn't that the the excuse? That's yeah, well, that's, that's the drop, but you know, but but, but the fact of the matter is, is and again. Maybe we're using an, in some extremes to you, but they they bring it to a point is that we are covenant breakers in our lives in many different things, partnerships that, that fall apart, not just in marriage, but partnerships in business and different things that take place. Um, they start out to be something that's going to be great and ultimately they end up failing. And we put it into our head that that must be the way that our God works too. But there's no truth in that. No. What does so, God say? Well, in fact, it goes right back. We we talked earlier about Abraham being called when he was 75. Right. And and this is Genesis chapter 17. 
and and it and it goes and it's good to go back. In fact, when Abraham was ninety nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, "I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and will." multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. And I will give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. I'm so glad you, well, actually, Genesis 17 is the whole of, chapters. The whole chapter yeah. is just absolutely amazing. I mean, but, but here's so what's, what's interesting to understand is that, you know, Abraham first receives the covenant blessing from yeah. God in chapter 12. Mm-hmm. In chapter 17, uh, Abraham is still asking, where is my covenant? <laughs> yeah. Now, now, well, you say, well, that's just the difference between chapter 12 and chapter 17. What, what are we talking about in terms of time? Did you know that that time frame was 10 years? Well, from 75 to 99, you know, is what, 22 years or something like 20, that? 22 yeah. years, yeah, roughly 22 years. Right. Um, uh, I think it was chapter well, I'm not trying to correct myself. I, I just blew that. You're right. It was 20, 22 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 22 years long. But my point here is, is that God receives it. He thinks, okay, God said this to me. He's, yeah. he's, he's given it to me and I've got it. I've got it. But yet I've got, I've got no, I'm not bearing any children. It's not happening to me. Uh, my wife is old. She's, she's not receiving anything. Uh, it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. I must've been hearing things. I must've been, you know, thinking he said something to me when he didn't. And here he is in chapter 17, 22 years later. And he's saying, I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm asking, I'm still, and God is saying, I'm giving it to you. It doesn't make sense from the human condition, does it? No. In fact, speaking from the human condition, you know, God is telling Abraham at the first part of 17, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And yet Abraham says, oh, I can go with that. Why did he say that? Because in in the tent was Ishmael. <laughs> right. And and God goes on. And he says, not only am I going to bless you, Abraham. God didn't. And, and, you know, Abraham didn't ask, hey, what about Sarah here? No, he said, God goes on and he said, then God said, and this is verse 15. He said, then God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah, Sarai, but Sarah, for Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. And then I will bless her and she will be the mother of nations. Kings and people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. And said in his heart, 
Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old and Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And God said, and Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, no, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son. Yeah. And you shall call his name Isaac, which means laughter. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful and multiply him exceedingly, and he shall beget twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. And when he finished talking with them, God went up from Abraham. And and as we know with Sarah, she she an angel appears before her, and um, she's going to have this child as in in the, her late childhood. What does she do? She does the same thing as Abraham. She starts laughing. Laughing again. Uh, Isaac means laughter. Yeah, and um, it was uh, funny, wasn't it? You know, well, couple, yeah, again, yeah. <laughs> you know, again, we look at it from what well, the time frame of bearing children and how you know how late can we you know actually bear children? And we know for a woman that you it's extremely um dangerous i would say after say 41 42 years old or at least there's certainly more uh, it's I, deadly more at complication. 90. <laughs> but at, at 90 years old it's, it's deadly, deadly right yeah. uh, all the women said amen right um but um listen this is this is important for us to have this understanding that we serve this god that never breaks covenant. What doesn't seem or appear could happen in what we see in this side of heaven, God makes a way where there seems to be no way. He 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 opens the doors and and does the extraordinary and keeps the covenant that he set before each and every one of us. We're going to take this break. I want to encourage you uh, to go to the God Family Country Radio Show on Spotify or anywhere you're getting your podcast, you can follow us there. Hit the button, follow us, and see the great things that we're doing with the show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. My dad, a gentleman, taught me valuable lessons growing up. Walk closely with God, have a strong work ethic, and always do the right thing. When working with clients, these lessons have served me well. When we meet, you'll have a thorough understanding of the strategies we use. Robin Hoff is here, president of Big State Financial. Ultimately, we will find out what your goals are in retirement. When do you want to retire? Do you have enough saved to retire or is there a gap? If you want your hard-earned retirement safe, protected from market losses, and an income for life, call me, 210-373-6000. If you're concerned about outliving your retirement savings, call me. 210-373-6000. We're here to serve. And as my dad taught me, always do the right thing. Give me a call. 210-373-6000. 210-373-6000. And let's get started. You're listening to the God, Family, and Country Radio Show. You are born to stand out. Set yourself apart from this corrupt generation. Be, Be saints. saints. Hey, we're back. This is uh, Pastor Kurt and Pat Coyle in studio with me. It's a blessing, Pat, you're with me. And, no, I'm glad uh, to be here. There's so much insight, you know, that I'm able to uh, uh, pull from you. And, and it's just uh, amazing to see how God works uh, in us and does some really amazing things. So we were talking about 
covenant and why why God chose the Jewish people. And I think we've exhausted that. If you're just now tuning in, we want to encourage you to go to Spotify or anywhere you're getting your podcast and you can replay this show. You can uh, go back and, um, and, and catch maybe what you missed. Um, but we're talking about the Jewish people and why the Jewish people are the apple of his eye. Right. And you know, that Pat, this goes back now about a week and a half or two weeks ago. Um, As most people that know me, I spend a tremendous amount of time with the Jewish people. I do so because I love them and because I know that God loves them. And it's important that that there is Christian representation uh, that is a one-on-one contact with the Jewish people and the synagogues uh, in the areas in which we live. And so uh, I've been doing it for over 20 years. And knowing how important it is because it was important to God. And so I was asked the question, and um, uh, when all of these things started breaking out with right. Israel, you know, back on October 7th, that right. was a, uh, and, the, and I was being asked, you know, well, do you have any family back in Israel? And uh, without any hesitation, I said, yes, I do. I said, Oh yeah, I, you know, family, uh, cousins, that type of thing. No, no, I have seven million family members that are in Israel <laughs> that are in danger. Seven million and counting, by the way. Um, they, the Jewish people are our brothers and sisters. <laughs> we need to remember, as Christians, we were adopted into the family of God. Yeah, the Jewish people don't need us to identify who they are with God. But you and I, we can't even come close to identifying who we are to God without first looking back to the Jewish people. Well, Paul uh, said it. The branch does not support the root. The root supports the branch. Amen. We are merely a branch that was grafted in wild, you know, into an already grown tree. And one of the things that the, now the branch as is has flourishing because God has a unique part about the bride of Christ, right? Completely different from the root. That branch is going to produce a special kind of fruit and uh, for the healing of the nations, if you will. Yeah. Well, let me pick it up in Romans. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Ro- that, uh, we'll pick it up in Romans 11. This is where, what Pat's talking about. Right. Romans 11, verse 16. For if the first fruit is holy, right? The lump is also holy. And if its root is holy, so are its branches. Correct. So what is it that he's just told us there? That the first fruit, which we know is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that he's holy because he's God. Yeah. In fact, Paul goes on to talk to us and let us know that Christ is the creator of heaven and earth. In fact, isn't that the question he used to stump the if uh, David calls him, yeah, and he said, if he's the root of David, mm-hmm. then how can he be a branch too? Yeah, you know, and that basically got the wheel spinning and said, no, nah, I think I'm done asking questions here. Right. Uh, well, you know, it's interesting because so many Christians don't uh, know because they're not being taught. Uh, they think Christ comes as a baby. You know, but he he is the creator of heaven and earth. He is God. He is God incarnate, God amongst us. Right. 
He is God that came and took human form with two natures. He had a human nature as well as a deity nature. He carried both. And depending on who he was talking to, you know exactly what nature he was he was using. Well, he he certainly demonstrated his human nature when he got tired and fell asleep. He slept so hard in the back of a boat, the, the apostles thought, hey, don't you care we're going to drown here? Right. Yeah. Don't, then, you, don't you care that we're and perishing? When he, so in his human nature, he was asleep. But he, when he woke up, he, he woke up as God. He talks to the wind and says, all right, quiet down now. And, and it was silent. And then the, the apostles were silent, too. He said, what kind of man is this? Yeah. Yeah. Their, their fear was of the storm. Uh, of the waves, but their fear changed to where the fear of the storm and the, and the winds were nothing compared to what they had just seen. And, and there's the perfect example of both natures at work simultaneously at work. Absolutely. Uh, because you know, we, we've talked about this before, Pat, you know, we pigeonhole people. We, we, we talk to them, yeah. we, we learn a little bit about them, and then all of a sudden we go, okay, that person's so-and-so. Mm-hmm. That person's a Christian, or this person's a Jew, or, or this is a guy over here is a non-believer. We pigeonhole people. But when the disciples saw that Jesus spoke to nature, speaking to the wind, speaking to the waves, and said, peace be still, they were more afraid of Jesus than they were of the waves and the storm. Because here, here's the thing. Look, look at this in your whole mind. You, you, think, you, you see this happen because the waves became still as clear glass. The winds stopped instantly. Uh, all of these things are taking place. And, the, and it's exactly what you said. What manner of man is this? You know what's going on in their head? We don't have a category for this. Uh, and, and it brought fear amongst them. You know, that that there was this human being, or at least in the appearance of being a human being, um, was able to, that, that, that even the winds and the waves uh, and the seas obey his voice. Interestingly enough, another good example of this is when Jesus went up to the fig tree looking for figs, meaning hunger, human nature, when found no figs. He cursed the tree, he spoke to the tree, nothing more will grow out of you. And everybody went on their way. Nobody thought a thing about it until they went back the next day and saw the very same tree had literally withered to the ground and took notice and said, hey, look, that tree you cursed, it, it, it's cursed. Right. Again, both natures operating simultaneously, the hunger on the human side, drove Jesus to the tree. And when the tree was not, had no, nothing to give it, he cursed and said, okay, I've come to you. You're no longer going to bear fruit for anyone from here on out. I don't know about you. I have no power to curse. You know, most of the time I can't even grow a plant, even if I try to water it. Right. But here is one who simply can speak a word and the plant is dead and he can speak a word to Lazarus in a tomb. And someone who is dead and stinking can come out of the tomb. And the reason that that Christ called Lazarus by his name is that the power of God at just saying, 
arise. Every dead body that had ever been buried since the beginning of time would have risen out of their graves. You know, and there's coming a time in which he will make a statement. But, you know, again, you know, this really kind of goes to the core of everything that we believe as followers of Jesus Christ is if you get who Jesus is, if you get the answer to that question wrong, it doesn't matter what you get right. You could have all the mysteries and all of the, uh, the uh, you could untangle any puzzle you want, but if you can't untangle that one, it'll do you no good. Well, it's proven in the scriptures of what you said. Yeah. That's uh, um, Matthew 7. Mm-hmm. At the very end of Matthew 7, uh, Jesus says that there's going to be many that are going to come to me in that day, and they're going to say to me, Lord, Lord. Mm-hmm. Speaking a name twice in Hebrew meant one of very real endearment. In other words, these people that are coming to him saying, I know you. I know who you are. Uh, I know that you are the Christ. And so they're going to come to him and he said, they're going to say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And did we not do many wonders in your name? And the most frightening words that Jesus has ever said in all of Scripture, the most frightening he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Right. You were never mine. He knew exactly who they were, by the way. The yeah. word to know there uh, was an intimate uh, relationship with them. Right. I've uh, never there's, had a There's word. nothing that gets past Christ. Yeah. He knows exactly everything Well, there's about a book you. on them in heaven. There's yes. a, the books of everything they've done is written in heaven. So he clearly knew about them, but he never knew them. And they never really they knew They never him knew either. them as being his. Exactly. And one thing, you know, you made comment earlier, and, and it this is one of those little craw things that has over time gotten into me and said, you know, people talk about unbelievers. Well, I the only person I can identify as an unbeliever is somebody in a coma. Because if you are conscious and awake, you believe something. In fact, it reminds me of the story when they were walking along and Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? Right. Everybody had an idea about who Jesus is. And I bet you go across the globe, wherever you drop anchor, you can talk to somebody and find somebody and say, do you know something about Jesus? And they'll be able to tell you something. If nothing else, the date tells us that, you know, yeah, about well, 2,023 years ago, something happened to that guy. Yeah, well, you know? most, most people can slam their finger in the door, and they can, and, they and, can certainly uh, remember his name. And, and very <laughs> often, but one of the aspects of it is, is, you know, every human being needs to begin to bring into their own ideas, what is it that I believe? Is, is, is it true? You know, I love the old quote by, uh, you know, uh, Mark Twain. It, it ain't what you know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know that ain't so. That's right. And uh, so many people, and especially well, that, isn't, today. Isn't that the purpose of what we do with the God Family Country? Our goal is show. to help you to our know. Our goal is to help, you know, look, we, we know that there, most of our listeners have some faith. Yeah, well, everybody's got some uh, faith. But is that is that faith being increased, you know, to a level uh, in other words, are they being taught this in the church? Typically, they're not. Certainly, certainly not in this type of a format. Um, pastors are afraid to talk about these types of things that we're talking about. I don't know why. Uh, maybe they're trying to keep a congregation within the four walls. Right. That might have something to do with it. Um, but we should all, as pastors and and 
and ministers be talking about these scriptures? And, and we started here in this conversation before we started going down all of these uh, rabbit holes, which were important, by the way, uh, in Romans 11. And I, I want to state it again, starting at verse 16, because we were talking about us being grafted into the family of God. Right. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are its branches. That in, that's inclusive right. of us. And if some of the branches were broken off and you being the wild olive tree, he's speaking to Gentiles, were grafted in among them and with them became a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Yes, absolutely. We've been grafted into an everlasting covenant. We did not have an everlasting covenant before. We were wild people doing our own thing, destined for an eternal separation from God and all that that means. And yet God in his infinite mercy and according to his perfect plan decided that we would be grafted into a tree that he had planted and that he was the root of and that would that root would provide the nourishment not only for the root but for the branches themselves forever 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 God makes forever. forever promises because he is forever. That's right. And we know that they're true. How do we know that? We know that they're true because the power of the Holy Spirit has been given to us. There's two things that have been given to Pat and I and to you if you are truly in Christ. Mm -hmm. The very first thing that came upon you was the power of the Holy Spirit, which moved you closer to Christ. Mm -hmm. In other words, there was eyes that were open, ears that were open, and all of a sudden you're hearing the gospel and the Holy Spirit is groaning within you and moving you to come to Christ and to give it to him. Now, how does that, that is something that was done by God before the foundations of the world ever began. So, uh, uh, look at uh, uh, first Corinthians, not first Corinthians, excuse me. Um, um, e Ephesians 1, uh, go back to Romans uh, 8 and 9. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it will give you clear definition of this. We're going to come back from break. We're going to talk more about this. We'll be right back. This is the God Family and Country Radio Show right here on KTSA 550 AM. Tell your friends and your family about us. God bless you. We'll be right back. The Jewish Foundation of San Antonio has set up an Israel Crisis Fund. Your donation will be matched dollar for dollar by a $1 million match from the Bar Yadin Family Foundation. 100% of your donation and that match goes directly to the victims of terror on Israel. Here's how you get in touch with them to make your donation. Write this down. Jewish Federation of San Antonio. Their phone number 210-302-696. 
1-800-273-8860. That number again, the Jewish Federation of San Antonio. You can contact them to donate to the Israel Crisis Fund. 210-302-6960. Remember, 100% of your donation and that match goes directly to the victims of terror on Israel. We thank you very much. You're listening to the God, Family, and Country Radio Show. Have the strength of character to make the world a better place. Leave your children in the United States that they will be proud of. Well, God bless you. This is the God, Family, and Country Radio Show right here on KTSA 550 AM, 107.1 FM. And in studio with me tonight is Pat Coyle. I'm Pastor Kurt. It's a blessing uh, to be with you this Sunday night. You know, Pat, uh, one of the things that Lance and I know about the show is how much the show is growing Mm -hmm. and how many people are paying attention. And we have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that are listening to our show on a Sunday night between 8 p.m. and 10 Mm p.m. And it's amazing. It's amazing to see the responses that come in. We encourage you to, you know, get a hold of us. You can get to a hold of us through KTSA. Uh, You can go to uh, fourwinds.org, which is uh, our church. Uh, and, uh, and, and see, uh, uh, and leave us messages there. Uh, the amazing thing, uh, is the blessings that we've been able to bring through the radio and being able to have a sit down. It's like, you know, when, when Lance and I are doing it or when Pat and I are doing it, you know, here we are, we got a cup of coffee in our hands. It's a Sunday night and we're sitting at the kitchen table and we're sitting at the kitchen table and, and having a conversation. Uh, this kitchen table is also a studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but that's how we are, and and so you can catch the audio and the video of uh, who we of what we do with the God Family and Country Radio Show on uh, Spotify or anywhere that you're getting your podcast. We encourage you to like it, uh, even if you don't have time to listen to it right now. Uh, you can go back and 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 listen to past shows, and you become a part of the conversation that we're talking about. And I'm sure that you you go to a past show and you have a question. All that email always works, <laughs> you know, Hey, oh, yeah, you absolutely. said something a year ago and I want to know, this is what my understanding, how you, how say you, and you know what, that is a great opportunity. Again, a lot of things, a lot of things are talked about on this show, variety of different subjects. And so making yourself, it's just another resource. In fact, we grew up in a time in which if you didn't see the TV show, when it first aired, you weren't going to see it again for a long, long time. No. And uh, but now, except for ha- maybe, except for maybe Gilligan Island. Well, even then, when you first saw it, but uh, now, did we date ourselves yeah, with that well, one? Oh man, we, <laughs> I'd go back to Gunsmoke. But uh, the reality is, uh, is that we live in amazing times in which we have amazing resources that had never existed before. And you know, one of the things that we will be held accountable for is. You know, the things that we had access to and chose not to access, Mm -hmm. you know, we suffer the loss, not anyone else. But in our our families suffer the loss for us not knowing and not understanding. God wanted us to have uh, knowledge of him. Yeah. He wanted us to understand the attributes of him. Uh, We know, what do we know about our God? We know that we serve a God that blesses and curses. He said to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. So we serve a God that curses. I know there's people out there going, oh, God, I can't believe he said that. You know, that, that that's the truth. That's the truth of God's word. Um, he tells us that he creates peace and creates calamity. Yeah. 
He tells us that he knows the end for the beginning. He tells us that I am God and there is no other. There is none like me. If you go through the entire book of Isaiah, which is something you can do. Oh, sure. The the thing you will never walk away from is that God is always knows. He, he clearly over and over and over again says, I am the one who creates the, you know, I am the one who creates everything. I know everything, not because I have seen it, is because I know what I'm doing. It's like an architect with a set of plans building a house that he had already decided every nut and bolt would be in its place. Yeah. And it, and every trade would show up at its proper time to do its particular uh, will on that building. And it's working according to a set of very detailed blueprints. And so, and you know, we were talking a little earlier about the chosen aspect of this. That's it. Everything by God has been chosen. Every, in fact. Yeah. Can we just get this out and clear for everybody? Yeah. You did not choose God. It was God who first chose, chose you. you. In fact, it brings me to a, a very, Paul, the apostle of all people. And he says, God has showed me mercy so that you can see what he did in me. And one of the things he did, Paul was not looking to become a follower of Christ. On the contrary, he was looking to be a destroyer of this moment. He was, he was on his way to Damascus to kill Christians. Exactly. And when God got a hold of Paul, in due time, in the proper season, God wanted Paul fully trained, and fully vetted into where he was before he took his sight so that he could end up seeing in the end. And, well, and I want to read. I, I know you know this, but you know, many people don't understand just how incredibly intelligent Paul was, oh, he, even, even before he was touched by Christ. I mean, Paul, at the age of 21, had the equivalent of two PhDs in Judaism. There was a reason why the Jews and Jerusalem at that moment chose this young man Paul, who was actually at the very beginning when he was a young man, when they stoned Stephen. Yes. And so well, he, he held their clothes. And exactly. And so this man was chosen for this task to destroy the way and in turn ended up, here's where God comes in. And, and this is coming from Ananias who said, hey, uh, I've got, I've got a message for you, Paul. I know you're blind, but here's your, here's what you're going to do. How, can you, can you give him the message of God talking to Ananias? Because God, yeah. there's, there's quite a conversation that goes on there. Are you sure that's what you want me to do, God? Yeah, he said, yeah, he, and he says, and he said, he, this is verse 13 of Acts chapter 22, brother Saul, <laughs> receive your sight. And that same hour I looked up at him. And he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and that and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized. Wash away your sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. Now, as it happened, when I returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple in a trance, and he said, make haste, get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. Well, again, one of the things I wanted to point out is that the very word that God chose was chosen. You were chosen before you were born, before you were born, before, were you, before the world was born. That's correct. He had already decided that in the fullness of time, in other words, God is not doing anything out of season. 
Everything that is happening on this planet today and has ever happened has been part of a larger plan and inescapable plan. Nobody gets, nobody's outside of that plan whatsoever. No. In fact, I was just going to read, um, Ephesians, uh, yeah. uh Ephesians one, uh, just to give it to you, but please, please verify it for yourself. Go back and pull your Bible out, dust off that, that dust and, um, and, and take a look at Ephesians one and we'll pick it up at verse three. Yeah. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Listen to the what he's saying. Just as he, God, chose us in him, Christ, before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having, listen to this, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and to the glory of his grace by which he, God, made us acceptable in the beloved. And I could go on and on there, but Ephesians is just a short look at that. Again, Romans 8, Romans 9, go back to uh, look at the prayer in the garden of, uh, 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 in the upper room before Jesus goes into the garden of Gethsemane. Uh, read the read the prayer that John seventeen and one. It, it tells you very clearly, chosen, chosen by God, chosen, chosen. And if we, He has chosen you, He has a plan for you, and you can have confidence in that plan that it will come to pass exactly the way God has explained it to go. And again, that to me is a great comfort because that we all face troubles in time. We can get a bad health diagnosis. We can get, we can get a lot of problems that'll come up, but God has already worked those problems out from the end, from the beginning. And that's where Romans 8.28 keeps reminding us all things are working out for the good of those who love the Lord to the good and pleasure. are called according to his purpose. That's exactly right. That's Romans, Romans at the end of the eighth, yeah. eighth, so eighth chapter. But uh, we're going to take this break. Just remember, we are talking about why the Jewish people are so important, but we're also talking about how you became part of that family. That's correct. That's what we're and doing. And you are part of that family. Well, you are if you are in Christ yeah. and the Holy Spirit is in you. Uh, this is the God Family Country Radio Show. God bless you. We'll be right back. Hello, South Texas. When it comes to retirement, it's not just what you earn that's important. It's what you keep. I'd like to share an idea with you that can help you keep more of your hard-earned retirement savings. The government controls what you keep through taxation. What if there was a way to turn your retirement savings into tax-free income? Where will your retirement take you? Traveling, spending more time with family and friends, or just relaxing and reading a good book? Speaking of books, I have a great book that you'll want to read right now. Robin Hoppe is here. Go to my website, bigstatefinancial.com, and request a tax-free retirement book. Go to my website. It's the name of my company, bigstatefinancial.com, and request a copy of the book, Tax-Free Retirement. It's real and it's free. Visit BigStateFinancial.com right now and request your tax-free retirement book. That's BigStateFinancial.com. You're listening to the God, Family, and Country Radio Show. Our Constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. God bless you. This is the God, Family, and Country Radio Show. And... uh, 
what a what a blessing it is for Pat and I to be here with you tonight. I'm Pastor Kirk, Pat Coyle in studio today. Uh, Lance is, is out today, but it gives us an opportunity to uh, talk with you uh, and to give you some better understanding of why the Jewish people are so important to God and us as Christians being grafted into the same family that it does not make us Jewish, but makes us part of the family of God. Mm-hmm. We were adopted into that family. Here's a couple things that I wanted us to look at. As Christians, everything that you do should be based on biblical text. God's not really interested in your thoughts or your ideas about who he is or about what he says. It's only what you read and that you know to be true. And both the Old Testament and the New Testament reveal not only who he is, but his saving grace that has been put to, given to all of us. So tonight, Pat and I are sharing with you some solid biblical reasons on why you should be supportive of the Jewish people, uh, to pray for Israel, to pray for the Jewish people. As I said earlier last hour, I said it's impossible uh, for us to be calling ourselves a Christian to call yourself a Christian and not have a devoted love for the Jewish people and the land of Israel. And again, I know what's going around, the absolute trash of replacement theology that's been rehashed again, um, but has raised its ugly head that uh, you're hearing that the Jewish people don't belong to God. That's an absolute lie. Absolute lie. Um, but but here's what we need to understand about our God and, in fact, the relationship that we have with the Jewish people. Understanding that God chose them for a reason and that we would come to Christ because of what God did through the Jewish people. We'll talk more about that in a second. First of all, I want to talk to you quickly about the nation of Israel, the nation that was carved out by God. You know, if you look at the rest of the world, certainly God had uh, uh, sovereign control over what man was going to do, and the nations of the world were carved out. But the nation of Israel was given and carved out by God directly on who and what they would be. Let's look at Genesis 13, uh, chapter 13, verses 14 uh, through 17. Here's what God is saying to Abram. He's still Abram at this point. He's not Abraham yet. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look to, from the, the place of where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land of which you see, I give to you and to your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth so that if man could could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and through its width, for I give it to you, God says. Many people will look at this and they'll say, this is the royal land grant. You know, I, I don't have a problem with that. That was given to Abraham using that, 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 uh, that title. Uh, people don't, a lot of people don't like it, but I don't see any problem of it because when we're talking about the royalty of our almighty God, he decides who is going to have what. 
and he gave that land of Israel to the Jewish people. Uh, you know, you can see more about that, not only in Genesis 12 or in the 13th chapter, but you can read about it in the 15th chapter, the 17th chapter, the 22nd chapter. You can read about it in Psalms in the 89th chapter. In fact, Psalms 137 and 5 simply says this, If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forgive her cunning. You know, uh, it's interesting is the land has both been used as a blessing and as a curse. Because when Israel chose to follow the gods from around it, God threw him out of the land. He did it several times. Yes. And but when God chooses to regather them into the land, it is it's to reaffirm to them that I am a covenant keeper, even though you are not a covenant keeper. Well, he did it to punish them, right? It, it was exactly another we do it, this. In other words, it was a, it was a judgment. Absolutely. Has our God changed? He's the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. Okay. And I'm with you on that. Yeah. I believe that, and I know that down yeah. deep in my heart. But the reason why I ask the question is this. Why do we consider us here in the United States any different? This was a nation that was founded on Judeo-Christian values. Judeo-Christian, Jews, Christians. It's one family tree, isn't it? One family tree. And yet, uh, our nation today is about uh, around 70, maybe maybe 75% now secular, not believing that there is a God. Is there any such thing as secular? If you think about that, just that term, secular, is God is in control of all aspects of all parts of life. Even if we choose not to give him his due, it doesn't change the fact that he is still God over everything. If we try to carve out, you know, and, and I'm remarkable. Well, I'm saying that because you and Absolutely. I, you we and know I, what we're talking about. We know right. about what we're talking right. about. But to, I'm so, what I'm saying is, is that 75% of America yeah. does not believe in God. Yeah. Uh, we have, we have a, in, the, in the well of the House of Representatives, in God we still trust, or in God we trust, it, should, mm-hmm. it says. And uh, for years— uh, one party has been trying to have that brought down, you know, ta- taken taken out completely. Um, we've taken uh, Bibles out of schools within the st- now in the state of Texas. That's not true, but throughout the rest of the nation, uh, most states will not allow Bibles in schools. They don't allow prayer in schools. Uh, the Ten Commandments in most states, not in the state of Texas, thank God. Um, the commandments are on the on the very grounds of the Capitol building. The commandments are inside the Capitol building. Uh, we, we, we used to have them in our schools, and they're no longer there. I can tell you, being from Southern California, uh, uh, it wasn't uh, a whole lot longer after uh, I was old enough to realize what I was looking at and when I was sent to the principal's office for some trouble I got in that, um, that I was staring at the Ten Commandments, but you know, the, no, those things are gone today. They're not. They're no longer there because we're doing everything we can as a nation to erase God in our thinking. Well, you know the the funny part about it is, is ancient Israel did the same thing with Ahab. Yeah, 
and uh, Jezebel. And an interesting story you should go look at. But the reality is simply is this, is all nations that choose to forget God. In other words, forgetting God is a choice that you have to consciously make. And you have to, but you don't, you don't forget God. You replace him with something. All, if you want to know the ultimate replacement theology is the God who has revealed himself, who exists and who you can absolutely determine you're going, if, if he's not the God that you're going to love, then you're going to love a God. It's a God of your own making. And it may be a God that you say, I don't believe there is a God. Well, that's a belief system in and of itself. Doesn't really make much sense. Doesn't have much support. But God will allow you to go there. And you will have to eat whatever fruit comes out of that garden. And it will, because that's all you get. <laughs> well, in, in, in uh, Second Timothy, in the third chapter, uh, Timothy is, or, uh, excuse me, um, Paul is about to be executed. Mm-hmm. His head, he's going to be beheaded, and um, uh, he's writing his his le- his last letter to Timothy. Timothy was his protege, getting ready to carry on, and and so here's what uh, Paul wanted uh, Timothy to know, and for us to know. In Second Timothy three and verse one, he said, "In the last days, perilous times will come." By the way, we're in those last days. Uh, how do we know that? Well, because Jesus told us the seasons that we're in. And so we know clearly we'll talk about that on another show. But uh, the, the point here is, is that he said that in the last days, perilous times would come. And then he starts to give the attributes of all of the things that people would be. And I'll tell you, if you go back and read Second Timothy, starting at the third chapter, you're going to know that the attributes that are called, which are about 19 of them, you're going to see and know, oh yeah, I see that. I see it in me. I see it in others. I see it in, but here's the very first thing he said. And this goes back to what Pat was talking about. The very first thing he says that men would become lovers of themselves. In other words, they're putting themselves before God. Yeah. Um, They are making themselves their own form of a God. There is no God. Well, that's a lie because we know that when you look at Romans in the first chapter, verses 18 through 32, that Paul does a fantastic job of telling us that every person on the planet, I don't care if you're in a in the jungle of Africa, never, ever seeing a white person from the Western world or anywhere else inside that human being, every single human being has been given the gift of knowing that there is a God. Yeah. Romans One God. Said, he said, you know, the heavens declare his glory. Uh, no human can go on this planet or has ever been on this planet, has not believed at the very core of their belief, uh, at their being is there's something greater than themselves or something bigger than themselves. There's something in control. Mm-hmm. That was never, it wasn't until, Darwin in the 18, you know, 18, mid 1800s, right. that, that even gave the concept that, well, maybe that we don't need a God. Maybe all this could have happened by accident and by random, you know, collision of molecules. And from there, man took that and ran as fast and as hard as he could with that idea. And that's where we are today. In fact, sure. you know, you talked about I, you know, talk about Second Timothy and talking about the letter. What really uh, Paul in Second, uh, uh, you know, in in First Timothy says, 
Now, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times. He, in other words, God is making a point of saying, as we move closer to the conclusion of an age that God has already told, there was going to be a type of people wandering this planet. Mm-hmm. And, and he would, and not only would they, would they be lovers of themselves, but he said, they will depart from the faith. And in other words, they were at one time believing correctly, but then they decided to move aside and how and why here. It says, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And we can only look at today at the what 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 many people say is the quote unquote, you know, doctrines of demons don't just simply go into other faiths. They are part of what people are calling Christian. That, well, that's exactly right. But, but Paul yeah. says, you know, that we could not see the return of Christ until the falling away happens first. That's in fact, that's it. You, and, you, and we're it, there. <laughs> Aren't we? You know, I hear people say sometimes, "Oh, I don't." Hmm. No, no. We are. We have. We have become the most ignorant nation about God. Why? Because we're no longer interested. I like the word. I like the word you used, ignorant, because at the very core of ignorant is to ignore. When we ignore what God has provided for us to know, mm-hmm. then God gives us over to whatever we want to know. And as we were just reading in First Timothy, there is somebody always waiting in the wings to take your unbelief or your ignorance and run with that in a completely different and destroy your own family and destroy your own communities and destroy your own nations with it. Right. Okay. So here's what we've been talking about so far. Look, we've been talking about why did God choose the Jewish people? We Mm -hmm. talked about that in the first hour. It was very important. If you missed it, you go to Spotify, you'll be able to pick up there and, and see all of our past shows. Um, we're talking about why God chose the Jewish people and why they're so important to us and what they mean to us tonight. And we've talked about an awful lot of things already tonight, why God chose them. Uh, we've talked about um, uh, understanding that they are part of our family. And then we've talked about that. We've talked about an everlasting covenant tonight. We've talked about that when God makes a covenant, he never, ever breaks it. Not ever. If he breaks covenant with the Jewish people, he'll break covenant with you. You can count on it. Correct. But he's not a covenant breaker. He's a covenant keeper. We're going to be talking more about some things that you need to know about the Jewish people coming up. We're going to talk to you about what Paul said that we are to do as Christians when we come back and how powerful this is and how necessary it is that you know this, that you may be a blessing to the Jewish people and not a curse. That's the whole purpose of the show. Make sure you tell your friends and family about the God Family and Country Radio Show. God bless you. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Larry Miller, and my wife and I are missionaries in El Salvador. We go to some of the poorest people in the Western Hemisphere. Many of these people live in mud houses with dirt floors. They have no running water. They don't have any latrines. We're trying to bring them hope. We're bringing them the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're bringing them food. We're bringing them medical 
help. We're doing it for the least of these in the name of Jesus. If you want to help us, contact us at CFCI, that stands for Christ for the City International, cfci.org slash El Salvador. I also need help. So any of you doctors out there, nurses, paramedics, contact us. We could use your help. Come down for a week with us. You'll get more out of this than you give. It'll change your life forever. So if you consider being with us, cfci.org slash El Salvador. Thank you very much. God bless you. You're listening to the God, Family, and Country Radio Show. America is free. Freedom of speech. Freedom of religion. Freedom of enterprise. And freedom is special and rare. God bless you. This is Pastor Kurt and Pat Coyle here in studio. and We're talking about some incredibly important things for you. Understanding how important the Jewish people are to God. How important we are to God. And how important it is that we as Christians understand that we are in the family of God. Understanding that we are, it's not making you Jewish. I'm not telling you that you're Jewish. I'm telling you that if you're a Christian, if you're a true believer in Christ Jesus, you will, you will love the Jewish people. I'll never forget what uh, Jesus said in Matthew 25. Uh, he said, he said this, of what you have done unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. And get that down deep in your soul. Of what you have done to my brethren, let me tell you something. Jesus never, ever once called a Gentile his brethren. I don't care how much you may think it's true. It's not. He was here to show the Jewish people that he was, in fact, the Messiah. <laughs> when, when he talks about the, the power of the Holy Spirit coming on the disciples and then how the gospel was going to be t- taught and preached, we were talking about Paul, that who is it that Paul becomes? Paul becomes the apostle to the Gentiles. Right. It was his mission by God directly that he was to go out and he was to teach, and he was to preach, that Gentiles could come in. That never happened in the days of Jesus. There's one or two very small exceptions, but there were reasons why Jesus did what he did. We're going to talk about that tonight. But we need to understand how important the Jewish people are to us. The irony was never lost on Paul, too. In other words, he took a Jew of Jews, right, and he sent them to the Gentile people. In other words, those who did not have his law, did not have his promises, did not have anything. They were literally destitute, like a dead branch on the ground. God picks up that branch and grafts it into a living tree, and that branch begins to live. That's right. Exactly right. So I want us to bring up the the next part here of what we're talking about in Romans in the 15th chapter in verse 27. Here's what Paul records for us to understand as Christians. He says this, verse 27, Romans 15. It pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers in their spiritual things, their duty is to also minister to them in material things. Yes. Can I say that again, just with the replacing, a couple of words replaced here, so it makes more sense to you. It pleased them indeed, Paul is talking about, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers 
in the Jewish's, Jewish people's spiritual things. Their duty, being Christians, is to also minister to them in material things. Here, here, here's another way of saying it. You and I as Christians, we owe a debt of eternal gratitude to the Jewish people for the contributions that have been given to us, that gave birth to the Christian faith. Remember, at the very beginning of our show, why is it that God chose Abraham? Why? Because it would be through his seed, through the seed of Isaac and Jacob, that ultimately would bring the Savior. The Savior, by the way, is the very God that created the heavens and the earth. But he's come in human form, both human nature and deity nature, to tell us exactly who he was, who he is. So Christians owe a debt to the Jewish people, and I'm going to explain to you why that debt is so important. And what Paul is saying here to us is that if we've been partakers in the spiritual things, our duty is to also is to, is to minister to them in material things. That's a lot of things, by the way. Uh, it can be money. Yes, it can, be, it can certainly be that. But even more so than that, it's more important that it is your time your time spending with the Jewish people. Do the Jewish people believe in their heart that Christians will be there at their time of need? No, they don't. Why? Because go back to the Crusades. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't didn't work out well. Uh, uh, Took three, which Crusade? There was three of them. Right, right, right. Yeah. think, Think about this. I'm trying to give you the mindset of the Jewish person. And understand that they don't they don't trust us because we've never done what we said we were going to do. I can tell you this, and I'm not boasting in what I'm telling you. I'm just telling you the truth. The Jewish people trust me. They trust me. They know that my word is my bond, that I will be there for them. You know, Pat, we've you and I have talked about this before. One of the things that a Jewish person will do as they get to know you and as they become closer to you and they understand, Hey, this guy really is playing for keeps. He's really, he's really going to be here to help us in the end, uh, no matter what the case may be. They'll come to you and they'll say things like this to you. They'll say they've said, in fact, they've said it to me directly. Many of them have pastor. Uh, I, I know that you love me. I know that you care for me and my family. If something like the Holocaust were to take place or the things that are happening in Israel right now, if those things were happening, would you hide me and my family? First of all, it brings tears to your eyes because of the profoundness of the question. Would you hide me and my family? Would you protect me? My answer has always been the same. And it's the truth. Not only would I hide you, but I would die for you. Why would I do that? Because I love them. Because they're my brothers and they're my sisters. I would do that because my God loves them. Oh, he loves them. Yeah, he chastens them as he chastens us. Yeah, right? yeah. But, but the importance here is understanding 
Are you willing to die for them? Yeah, I am. Well, what does he say about no greater love? No greater love than to lay one lay for one's life down for a friend. Yeah. So understanding that there's many ways that you can partake in this debt that we owe the Jewish people. Okay, so let's talk about this. What did Jesus say in John 4 and 22? Here's what he says. Jesus' exact words, he says, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Yes. That's that's the reason that God chose Abraham. That's exactly right. His eternal plan was going to come through a route that he had pre-decided would be before the foundation of the world. When Again, they were always part of an everlasting covenant. In other words, nothing can break it. Right. We are merely grafted into that tree. We, do, we are not a tree in and of itself. We are part of that tree. And if God and part of Romans, and when you, you, I like what you were bringing up in Romans, uh, you know, uh, chapter 11, 11, Mm -hmm. he said, you'd better be careful. And, And he does say it this way is that if God did not spare the natural branches, but when they became, when they quit believing what God had said to them, mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen to people like us who quit believing what God has told all of us in his word? And in fact, that's the whole concept of replacement theology is that is a lie perpetrated. It's not in scripture. You will not find any of that in scripture. In fact, you'll find the exact opposite. But how does this is a doctrine of demons that has been going on for th- over a thousand years? It's what I've been trying to say. Look, yeah. if we're grafted into the family of God and as Christians. Yeah. Why in the world, when we have a nation, I'm talking about the nation of the United States, and and quite frankly, all of the nations of the world, Mm -hmm. that we have fallen away from God to such a level, why, as as the judgment has come to the Jewish people in the past and the present, uh, we are also under judgment. And by the way, (laughs) don't think for a moment that what has happened in Israel cannot happen here. Oh, let me tell you, it is about to happen everywhere. Again, we go back to the, God had made a statement in Zechariah, the 13th and the 14th chapter said, I am going to make Jerusalem a cup of trembling for the whole world at any time. In in fact, Jerusalem has recently gotten so much, hasn't had as much press now as it's had since the crusades, if you will. Right. But the realities are simply as this is, you know, we were talking again, Romans 11 has another key verse. When Paul says in verse 25 of that chapter, for I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. He recognizes it's not apparent. and But Paul has now said, I don't want you to live in ignorance. Right. And he is telling us, unless you be wise in your own opinion, he goes on to say. And that's where we're at now. We have a lot of people who are wise in their own opinions, thinking and teaching things they ought not to be, especially concerning Israel. And as a result of that, again, all part of God's plan, but we do not have to, we do not have to partake in their ignorance. We need to call them out of ignorance back to the scripture. I call it stinking thinking. Very much. This is the God Family and Country Radio Show. God bless you. We'll be right back. 
The Jewish Foundation of San Antonio has set up an Israel crisis fund. Your donation will be matched dollar for dollar by a $1 million match from the Bargadine Family Foundation. 100% of your donation and that match goes directly to the victims of terror on Israel. Here's how you get in touch with them to make your donation. Write this down. Jewish Federation of San Antonio. Their phone number 210-302-6960. That number again, the Jewish Federation of San Antonio. You can contact them to donate to the Israel Crisis Fund. 210-302-6960. Remember, 100% of your donation and that match goes directly to the victims of terror on Israel. We thank you very much. You're listening to the God, Family, and Country Radio Show. Our Constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. This is the God, Family, and Country Radio Show right here on KTSA. I'm Pastor Kurt in the studio. Is with me is Pat Coyle. What a night it has been yeah. talking about all of these things. And we've, we've, we've done everything we can to bring you thus far uh, to giving you an understanding of why the Jewish people are so important to us. Right. But let me give you some of the material things of what, of what, Paul was saying that were so important to us in the in the fifteenth chapter um, of verse twenty seven. He, he's he's here's some of the material things. First of all, he's given to us the word of God. The Jewish people have mm-hmm. because every word penned by Jewish hands, with the exception of Luke, every word penned by God. Now we know every word in our Bible from the Old Testament and including the New Testament was Holy Spirit inspired, but it was given to us by the Jewish people. I've had the great pleasure, you know, when a, when a very important rabbi dies uh, and um, that there is a ceremonial Torah. The Torah is the first five books of Moses that there is a scribe that will come to Israel from Israel that will come and you will sit with him and you will watch him actually copy word for word in Hebrew, the Torah. To be honest with you, I've been the, I've had the opportunity to do this with my dear friend, Rabbi Scheinberg, who I miss uh, every single day to sit and to watch the meticulous detail of making sure that every dot and tittle is absolutely perfect. That is completely unchanged from the time that it was given Mm -hmm. for Moses to write. Um, It is incredible to see the gift that has been given to us passed down from generation to generation to know that the sacred scriptures for the most part were written by Jewish hands. Yeah. They've given to us the prophets. We talked about Abraham. Um, let, let's let's talk about Moses. Let's, well, we could go back to Noah. Yeah. Uh, quite frankly, we could go to Abraham. We can go. We can go to to Moses. Um, Moses is very important to us because it was he was very important to Jesus. Uh, Jesus talked with Moses all the time. Uh, yeah, that was that was God. That was Jesus. Uh, They've given to us the prophets. They've given us uh, to us the uh, the prophets, if you will. Every prophet. Uh, you, you look at the greatness. You mentioned it earlier, Pat, of yeah. Isaiah. Yeah. Um, you want to? Do you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> do you want to? 
The, you, do you know that the one of the greatest places you can go to read about our Lord and Savior, Jesus? Isaiah, the yep. book of Isaiah. Go to the book of Daniel. Go to the book of Joel. Go to Zechariah. Uh, and th- there, there's so many more. You know what you're bringing up brings me back to the 15th chapter of Romans in the fourth verse. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And he goes on to say, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have been given the scriptures, all of the scriptures, all scripture according to Paul, you know, has been given to us for a variety of purposes. And if we live in ignorance and we choose to remain in that ignorance, we will suffer. In fact, the two things the scriptures provide for us is two things, patience and comfort. What's the exact opposite of patience and comfort? Anxiety and turmoil. Stress. And is that not the world we currently live in today? Of course. course. And, And as again, when we live in ignorance of what's already been written, we suffer the consequences. I, I don't know if this is true for you. I think I think it probably is because I know it's yeah. certainly true for me. And this is that when I look at the the gifts of what God has given to me in my life, and and God has blessed me in many many right. different ways, and I know that everything good in my life, including some of the things that He's chasing me for, are all from Him. Oh yeah. Um, but I can tell you that the greatest gift beyond what God has given to me in my, in terms of my salvation. In other words, choosing me before the foundations of the world, not having done anything good or evil, right? Right. In my past, yet he chose me. Okay. So let's just take that and set that aside for, as my walk continues, as the Holy spirit is in me, the greatest gift, especially in the turmoil and the times that we're in right now has been the peace. Yeah. The peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace of knowing the end from the beginning. The peace of understanding the, the, the incredible word of God and the prophets and understanding that what I see in the world and what I know to be true based upon what God's word tells us is that we are literally seeing the Bible jump off the page at us on the TV and seeing it happening in real time. You know, Again, there is both comfort and patience that the scriptures provide. But if again, if we don't remember, and that's such a problem. So many people wake up every Sunday, go to a, a box with a cross on top and listen to somebody, a performer on the stage, mm-hmm. you know, deliver a little TED talk and yet and go home and think that, well, why am I still so anxiety? Why right. am I so still? Why am I so, so fearful? Again, if you only eat once a week, you're not going to you're not going to thrive. If you feed your kids once a week, you'll be taken to jail for neglect. That's right. And the reality is simply is this is God has provided such a buffet in his word that if you would just, you know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. I've never heard that a buffet. It is. I like that. It's exactly what it is. For whatever you have going on in your life, there is a word for that in that book. And the more you spend time in that, the more comfort you'll find, the more patience you'll be able, you'll begin to watch 
the the fruits of the spirit like a plant just blowing up with fruit in your life but if those things are lacking and you find yourself fearful and you see the headlines and you're like wondering what's next i mean every day we if you were uh, if if the only thing that you're feeding you know the you everybody gets fed every day by something and if if cnn and and fox and all these networks are feeding you your worldview you have one thing in common with everybody else absolute turmoil and and unclarity and now you don't even know if what you know is so any longer and but god's word if you would go back to that and you would dive into that the spirit of god promises you know his word never returns void. It will accomplish something in your life. But if you remove yourself from that or you turn over control to somebody who's just putting on a performance every week, yeah. you got a problem. And right. you will never receive either the comfort or the confidence that you actually have a future. You're going to be like a boat on a tossed sea that's ultimately going to sink. That's right. The Jewish people have given us the scriptures again. They've yeah. given us the prophets and they've given us the patriarchs and they've given us the first family, uh, uh, Mary and Joseph. And of course, of which our Lord, who has always existed, uh, comes mm -hmm. giving to us the apostles, uh, the incredible word that has been given us Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the apostle Paul and Peter. And, you know, it goes on. Uh, the incredible gifts that the Lord's brother have, Jude, yeah, Jude, absolutely. Uh, the incredible, the incredible word that has been given to us. God has given us all of these things. So here's what I'm hoping that you've learned from us tonight, uh, and and that you'll have it deep down in your heart. Is is that it's impossible for you and I to say that I am a Christian and, and not have love for the Jewish people, right? It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. First John 3 and 18. Uh, Jesus says, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Mm -hmm. uh, we owe a debt to the Jewish people. And God expects us to make good, to pay good on that debt. Um, now, look. There's a lot of Christians that uh, try to deny the connection between Jesus and the Jewish people in the world, mm -hmm. but Jesus never denied his Jewishness. Listen to this. Remember what the scriptures tell us. He was born Jewish. He was circumcised on the eighth day of which his name was given to him. You remember the story yeah. of Simeon, right? right? Simeon waiting. He was old and wanted to die. Couldn't die. The God, God told him, you will not die until you hold the Messiah. You will not die until you hold the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He was circumcised again on the eighth day. He had his, Jesus had his bar mitzvah on his 13th birthday. Mm -hmm. He kept the law of Moses perfectly. Absolutely. He wore a, prayer, a, a Jewish prayer shawl, as was commanded for all Jewish men to wear. He died on a cross with the inscription over the top of his head, King of the Jews. Jesus considered the Jewish people, his family. Again, uh, Matthew 25 and verse 40, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it into one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. 
What you do to the Jewish people, Jesus is saying, you are doing it to me. Now, everybody says, and we got about three minutes left, four minutes, maybe four minutes. Well, about three minutes left we have. About the Jewish people, well, they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Let me see if I can get this down deep in your heart so that you'll understand. Romans 11, 25 uh, and verse 27 says this. Paul says, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant about this mystery. At least you should be wise in your own opinions. What you right, mentioned earlier, exactly. right? That blindness in part has happened in, to Israel. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile has come in. In part, you'll notice it's just yes. a part. They all know Jesus. Oh, they, they believe they, he exists, but they don't believe he is who he said he was. Yes, and I'll clarify that. Remind right. me of that as right. soon as I'm done reading this. I'll, I'll forget it. Until the fullness of the Gentiles have come in. That's very important. Yeah. In other words, there is a finite number. There's a number out there that only God knows that when the last Gentile has received Christ, yep. that the Holy Spirit has come upon that last child. That is it. Yeah. And then he goes to the plan of, of, of the Jews. That's correct. Uh, the church is called home. Yep. And immediately in that process, the Jewish people, the blindness that God placed on them. This mm-hmm. is not, you know, the 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 ox kitten, ki- kicking the goat here. This is this is the Jewish people blinded by God. Yeah. Why? To give you the opportunity to see the kingdom of heaven. Do you see how much you should love the Jewish people? Yeah. Why they can't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Let, let me read the rest of it, verse twenty six. And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away the ungodliness of Jacob from Jacob. For this is the command, this is the covenant with them. When I take away their sins, which is taken again from Isaiah the fifty-ninth right. chapter, verses twenty. Jesus said again to you, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch of what you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Pat, there is a, there's so much more. Oh, yeah. So much more. We have have barely scratched the surface on this one. That's exactly right. But if there's anything that Pat and I have tried to convey to you tonight, it's understanding just how important the Jewish people are to God. They are the apple of his eye. They are the apple of his eye. And that you and I, we are grafted into that family. Yes. The Jewish people are our brothers and sisters. If you don't like that, you may want to take a look at your own salvation. I know if you really or truly are of Christ. Better check it before you wreck it. (laughs) You may not have known it before, but if you know it now and received it from what the scriptures have told you, you'll know how important it is for you to be praying for the, praying for the peace of Israel, Mm -hmm. praying for the, the sovereign protection of God over the Jewish people. And when you bless them, God turns around and blesses you. Correct. You don't do it for that reason. You do it because you know who they are first and foremost. Mm -hmm. They are your brother and they are your sister. Love them. That is your family. Pat, it's been awesome to have you on the show with me tonight. You were a great help. And um, I can't wait till we're back in the saddle doing it again. Let's do it. Um, Listen, folks, I want to encourage you, please. Go to our podcast and and check it out. 
the God Family and Country Show is growing by leaps and bounds. And, and like there's I said, a plus to it, too. Oh, there's the plus. So that's exactly right. Where Pat and I are going from the, and giving even more details about these these uh, these great shows that we're doing on the radio. Uh, God Family and Country Radio Show, folks, uh, tell your friends and your family about it and be a part of what's happening on Sunday night. You'll learn more in this two hours than you ever would learn going to church. And that's the truth. God bless you. God willing, we'll be with you next week. Good night. Like the flick of a switch Oh, my mama told me There'll be days like this One you don't need to worry The Jewish Foundation of San Antonio has set up an Israel crisis fund. Your donation will be matched dollar for dollar by a $1 million match from the Bar Yadin Family Foundation. 100% of your donation and that match goes directly to the victims of terror on Israel. Here's how you get in touch with them to make your donation. Write this down. Jewish Federation of San Antonio. Their phone number 210-302-6960. That number again, the Jewish Federation of San Antonio, you can contact them to donate to the Israel Crisis Fund, 210-302-6960. Remember, 100% of your donation and that match goes directly to the victims of terror on Israel. We thank you very much.